What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of the Progressive Fit Podcast. I'm your host as always, Luke Lamont, and on today's episode we are joined, or I am joined, by another awesome guest. This week I talk to fitness content creator, Colin Campbell. Colin is based up in Glasgow, currently walking the walk as he's prepping for his first photo shoot. We met through Instagram, uh, I think back in 2017, met at once in Chester and have kept in touch since having chats over Instagram. Colin, although he's not in the fitness industry, he's works a nine to five, he's in the insurance industry. He's got tremendous knowledge of health and fitness and getting into shape. So I thought it'd be good to get somebody who's not in the fitness industry onto the show, have a chat, get some insights into how he manages to balance fitness alongside a nine to five. There's some real knowledge bombs in this and hopefully you enjoy the show. So let's get straight into it with awesome guest, Colin Campbell. So Colin, welcome to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, let's kick things off first off by giving us a little bit about your background. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. I, I enjoy my, my podcast appearances now. So my name's Colin three, Campbell. Yeah, number three for me. Um, so my name's Colin Campbell. I'm a 26-year-old from Glasgow, if you cannot tell by the accent. And I am a fitness content creator alongside my full-time profession as an insurance broker, which, oh, and I've just dropped my camera. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've, I've got a, a full-time profession. However, I've been creating content on Instagram now for just over two and a half years, which has been great. And that's how I've gotten to know Luke as, as, as well as many other people in the fitness space. So I balance my my career, which I'm very serious about, alongside my my my, my fitness and, and and that ability to create content and provide information about training, nutrition, mindset, all these different important topics that we post on the Instagram. Look, yeah, awesome. I do enjoy your posts. You know, um, for somebody that isn't a personal trainer or a pe- uh, an online coach, I think yeah. your knowledge is is awesome. Um, and I love reading your posts. You know, it's refreshing to get that outside perspective as well. Somebody that isn't in the industry and get their perspective on things. And, you know, even though I've got like years of experience in my name, I'm still learning things, you know, from, from different people and yourself included. And so, you know, it's great. That's the beauty of Instagram, isn't it? There's no licenses or qualifications to post, which is it's a positive, but it's also a negative because you get so much nonsense on there too. However, for people who are looking to learn and upskill and understand more about fitness or how it can fit within their lifestyle, then there are there are good accounts to follow out there. It's maybe not the guy with 150,000 followers that just posts his, his six-pack or whatever and and, 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 and and no real caption or the occasional discount code for, a, for, a, for I don't know, whatever, whatever he's choosing to sell this week. It's yeah. more about people that are posting maybe longer captions. Maybe they're coming on their stories, they're talking to the camera about what they're up to, what you could get up to. And that's that's the that's the good side of fitness Instagram. And that's the side of fitness Instagram that I've got a lot from both myself, but also I like to think I've contributed to that too. And it's been good networking with people like yourself as well and, and lots of other lots of other fitness accounts too. Yeah, I mean I'd love to just touch on that. You know, we've probably been talking now for close to two years isn't it yeah um and i had nathan on the podcast the other week and i know you've been on his podcast nathan collins and yeah. again he was in the same group as us wasn't he so it's somebody else we've sort of been talking for two years and we have actually met haven't we as well once yeah and i think this is, sorry that was in Chester. that's right yeah and i think there's this whole notion of when you go to the gym or when you're in fitness everybody's sort of keeping themselves to themselves but that's completely not the case. You know, it's such a friendly sort of environment, such a great bunch of people that you don't need to be intimidated. People are actually very welcome. Yeah, on the whole, the vast majority of people that you engage with will be more supportive than the people around you in real life, so to speak, because 
they've maybe gone through the same struggles that you have, the same challenges, they've had the same successes as well. They've felt that same way about training, about making progress with their body and changing their body, changing how they think, how they feel. And that's the that's that's the best part about social media. You can find those niches and that those groups of people that will contribute towards you. You have to sift through a lot of shit and a lot of rubbish, don't get me wrong. But once you find those people, you're 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 in a really good place. And I think that's the that that's that's the good part of social media. And I think you can take the positives from it far more than you can take a lot of the a lot of the negatives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all about looking for that positive perspective, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Right, cool. So let's now delve into a little bit more about you. So currently then. I know your current goals, roughly. So let's explain to the, to the, perhaps the listener who doesn't know who you are, what your current goals are. Yeah, for for those that don't follow my page currently, I've been running a, a cutting diet, so losing body fat and trying to retain the muscle that I've built for the last six weeks. In three weeks' time, so yeah, three weeks last Saturday. On the 29th of June, I don't know when this will go out, on the 29th of June, I have my first ever fitness photo shoot. It's going to be in a in a gym that I train at uh, called Extreme 2 in Glasgow. So I've been dieting for that to lose a little bit of body fat. I've been training for probably lifting weights for almost 10 years. Um, initially starting when I was playing rugby at a competitive level through school for my local club and local district and that was my introduction to weight training strength and conditioning trying to get in shape but in the last kind of five or six years i've been more focused on aesthetics and how the body looks and responds rather than being physically conditioned to play a sport so there are some different variables there for starters you get a lot leaner from an aesthetic perspective than you would for rugby and performance because you want to have a little bit probably a little bit more body fat for for contact sport like rugby but for pure aesthetics and looking as good as you can with as much muscle and as little body fat as possible the the training styles may be a little bit different the nutrition is different so my current goal like i said lose a little bit more body fat get a little bit more rip look 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 as good as i can for the shoot i've never done one before it's something i'm quite excited about it's it's going to be a new challenge for me. I've gotten very lean before lots of times, so I don't think I'm particularly worried about doing that. I can, I can get lean, I can hold a level of leanness, but again, I've not done it in front of a, a camera or a professional camera anyway. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be a new, a new challenge, a new experience for me. I've not booked a summer holiday this year, so I will use this as my reason to, to unveil some of the hard work that I've been doing. Awesome. So... Just out of curiosity, will the gym be closed when you do the photo shoot? No, no, it won't be closed. Um, it's a it's a bodybuilding gym that I'm going to. It's called Extreme Two. It's used for photo shoots quite often. It's not out of place on a on a weekend in particular, so a Saturday or Sunday. It's not it's not uncommon to see somebody in their pants or in their in their uh, in their Gymshark set or or whatever they're choosing to get their photos in, uh, all tanned up, getting a photo shoot with the the kind of light stands and the the shades etc there's a there's a number of photographers that use extreme for the shoots and um i've got a number of friends that have recently done done shoots at extreme in the last couple of weeks as well all right okay fair enough in my head like you know i'm, I'm a fairly confident comfortable guy but being in a gym that's open with people training whipping my top off and throwing out some poses while people are taking photographs i don't yeah. know how to do that you know <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, let's see if we can lose the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a uh, you still obviously I have to pay to use the gym facility for that because, well, I suppose uh, it's an extra bit of equipment that they're going to have in there. I suppose a bit of an extra risk in terms of all the all the space that you might take up potentially, and it might disturb other users. But it doesn't typically. It's a big warehouse. There's a lot of space. It'd be different if I was going into like a pure and shooting in there because it's always so busy or typically so busy so it'd be a little bit different doing that but this gym in particular it's, it's pretty standard it happens quite a lot and i guess through instagram the last couple of years i've obviously taken so many photos in gyms i've kind of had to be a little bit less 
self-conscious about that, particularly if you're doing physique updates. If you haven't got the photo and it's a busy gym, you're probably just going to have to take the top off and get the photo. As long as you're not intimidating anyone or putting anyone else off their workout, then I'll pretty much just go for it and, and get the rig out if I have to. <laughs> brave man, mate, brave man. I tend to just do it hiding in the toilet somewhere. <laughs> to be fair, for anyone that trains in Pure Gym Chester, they will know that disabled toilet downstairs is lethal. <laughs> Great, like I've been, I've been twice and I've got one really good photo in there. So yeah. get involved if you if you're in that area. <laughs> yeah, it's decent, like does does the uh, the body some good. Um, how have you found then um, dieting down this time for a photo shoot? versus dieting down in the past for, say, not photo shoot purposes? Yeah, I would say two years ago was the leanest that I got. I, that was mid-2017. I was going to Ibiza with my one of my friends, and I just decided to drop the hammer. I've always, not always, that's not true. I probably had, like, a six-pack for five or six years to varying degrees of, like, visibility when you get a little bit fluffier a little bit chubbier you don't see it as much but then when you diet down it's quite prominent and you can see it so it's i haven't found it particularly difficult to get very lean before apart from towards the end of that diet in 2017 where i was by all accounts quite shredded i probably wasn't far away from if i wanted to do like a, a men's physique show or, or that level of conditioning in terms of kind of striations on your on your delts and and your shoulders and your on your legs kind of quite 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 feathered and your quads and all that kind of detail i was very very lean i was very light though i think i was 67 kilos which for somebody who's five foot ten is not a lot of weight at all um and people are always surprised but as a natural athlete to actually get that level of condition and that level of look you're not going to have as much muscle so you're not going to weigh you're not going to weigh a huge amount of, of, of body weight um so I guess that time round was quite difficult. I'm I'm not as lean as that now and I never really got that fat again. I pretty much I, the heaviest I got was about seventy eight to seventy nine kilos uh, towards March, April this year, and that was in my in my gaining phase, whatever you want to call it, my bulk. And I wasn't that fat and I haven't had to push my calories that low. I've just adjusted them a little bit. I've just increased my, my steps. I'm not doing any any cardio at the moment, although I think it definitely has its place in terms of helping to create a bigger deficit. It's not something that I've introduced. But I find the the I find getting leaner easier than bulking, much easier because you can see weekly progress, if not even faster than that. Whereas when you're bulking, you're starting to cover up, you're starting to see more fat go over the muscle. You're not maybe seeing that you've added maybe half an inch to your arms because some of it's fat and I've always found the dieting part a lot easier I'm very adherent to nutritional structure I find it very rewarding and I guess it's easier for me in that respect if somebody told me I had to go on a 12-month bulk I'd find that much harder than somebody say to me you have to get shredded I'd be like right bring it on I'll get to however many percent body fat and I'll be I'll be as I'll be lean enough to offend people in the street with all the veins that I've got going on, but 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 if I had to bulk for 12 months, much harder. I would find that psychologically much more challenging. I'd find my adherence probably not as good, and I actually get a bit sick of food by the end of it. I was up at just around 4,000 calories for my for my bulk, and I probably should have pushed it a little bit harder if I was very serious about putting on more weight. Whereas now I'm quite lucky that I've got that high tolerance to food and that high requirement for food because I'm dieting down on 3,200 at the moment and I'm, and I'm losing weight yes. um, which for some people is, is really high, for some people that's quite low, for some people that's where they would maintain their weight, it's different for everyone I think that's a point I try to get across on Instagram as well when people still see that I'm eating a couple of bagels and a, a big bowl regularly and lots of rice and uh, maybe some, some cereal as well people are like oh how can you eat that and diet the fact of the matter is it's it's energy balance, it's calories in versus calories out. So yeah, I find the dieting part a lot easier and the dieting down a lot easier. It's what are you gonna say? It's calories in, calories out and carb blockers. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Discount code in the bio for carb blockers. No, honestly. I would say I'd say that's one of the 
again, one of the bad parts of Instagram, isn't it, where the people, well, not everyone, but a number of people with large followings can put out information like that and provide that level of influence where somebody thinks that if they take these car blockers, they can eat the mountain of potatoes or the mountain of pasta or whatever that takes them outside of their calorie goal. But because they've had that, it's, it's, it's inconsequential. It's, it's terrible. But yeah. as, as, long as, as long as people like ourselves and, and other people within that space put out good quality content, then the people that are willing to listen to it will, will take that on board, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I just want to touch on um, the amount of calories that you eat in there. You know, 3,200 calories for somebody that is dieting and that is already very lean. That is a lot of calories. And I think it's worth saying that people can do that. You know, it just takes time over the probably a course of years. This is probably the first time you've dieted on such high calories. Am I right? Yes. The last time I dieted, I was about 2,800. Yeah. So you can so, see my maintenance has increased significantly. Yeah, yeah. And that's so why me to lose that. You know, because you've added muscle and you've actually taken the time and you've been patient enough to gain and increase those calories over a course of time. That's it. When it now comes back down to dieting, you're able to diet on much higher calories, which is probably making it a lot easier to stick to. I know you're a very disciplined guy anyway, and it will yeah. probably take a lot to sort of break that discipline, but surely it's much easier having all those calories to diet Huge. down. Hugely. It's, it's been my easiest diet so far yeah. because of the amount of food that's left in. Socially, I'm not restricted. In fact, I could even go out for dinner. And I actually need to then go eat something afterwards as well to still hit my numbers. And that's to lose weight, which is it's it's mad in some ways. But at the same time, I have been that guy that's been on 1,800, 2,000 when I was first trying to get lean for the first time and, and actually tracking calories in maybe 2014, late, uh, early 2015 when I was trying to get leaner. I was down on low, low food. But as you've said, I was very patient. After that diet, I started to add calories in slowly each week. I got out of I got out of my deficit. I stopped losing weight. I got to my maintenance, and I just added each week, each month. I was very patient, very disciplined with it, and I don't necessarily know any of the science behind it. But I would say my metabolism or whatever it was responded because I started to get bigger, stronger, not even not fatter, and I needed more food because I just stuck with it for a long period of time to a space now where I guess my maintenance is probably about three thousand five hundred. Yeah, I mean, what a lot of people I think tend to do is when they finish their diet, is they then go back to what they were eating before the diet. You know, what I think they need to do is take the steps that you've just suggested. Then, and it's increasing calories slowly over a period of time, potentially months, if not a year, and then diet down again, and then repeat the process. And I think a lot of people want to get to that point of where they don't really need to diet anymore. But I think on a whole, people need, in order for people to get to that place, it's going to probably take about two years, yeah. especially if they want to be in the amount of food that they would like to eat and not gain. So they, in order to get that 3,200 sort of maintenance or 3,500 calorie maintenance, that's going to take several years. And then you can have a few beers on a Saturday night and not worry about it, have a kebab at the end of the night and stuff like that. And you're kind of onto a winner. So I think the main point is that it's going to take many years to get to that position, but it's 100% worth it, right? That's it. The longer you are able to stay disciplined and adhere to a sensible, progressive structure, then the more freedom it will give you in the longer term. Discipline equals freedom. Discipline in the short and medium term will equal freedom in the long term. And that, for me, has added up. I'm at a stage now where I have a lot more freedom with regards to my nutritional choices than most of the population i could for example have a 5,000 calorie day and it wouldn't cause anywhere near the same damage to my body and my image and and how i look and how i feel and how my, how my gut is compared to most people and that's because of the metabolic rate that i've got and the amount of muscle that i've managed to build over the years and but it's not always been like that far from yeah. it there, there would have been times maybe i had 3,000 calories and I would look like a beach whale for the next three days. Yeah. And you see, you see that a lot of people when they come out of shows and things like that where they just blow up in that first two weeks because they, they get fast cake cans or they, they, they lose control of their relationship with food and that is a, that's a real challenge and I think the plan after the plan 
is a big one. I'm sure you find this with your clients where you've coached them through a, a diet, maybe for a holiday or whatever. Obviously, they go away on holiday. Maybe they've gone to the all-inclusive. It's not ideal, but they, they maybe come back a bit heavier. But it's then about getting a structure back in place for them again when they when they return and, and helping them through that process of their body not being quite as quite as lean and mean as it was before they went away. Yeah, 100%. And like, you know, clients have this idea of I'll lose the weight and then sort of stop coaching because I've got what I want. But really, yeah. they need that continued support and coaching just to get them into sort of, I don't want to call it a gaining phase for the general public, or yep, yep. out of a diet phase, so that they can go sort of maintenance, yeah, and build That's those up slowly. Because I think if the general public are left to build the calories up slowly on their own, well, let's take the word out slowly, and they'll build up the calories within a week, two weeks, do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course they will. It's, that, that, it's that really funny. That's really funny because there's so many people that lose all that weight and they think they look fantastic, if you're not going to hold on to that for a good few weeks, couple of months, what was the point in, in in doing all that work and going back to square one? No, they, maybe not square one, they'll, they'll, but they'll go back to a version of square one where they're not as happy. They're 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 a lot fatter and heavier. They they don't have the same muscle definition. They don't have the same shape that they that they'd worked so hard for. And yeah, I think coming out of these things, you need to have something in place, and there needs to be an element of patience, but also maybe a shifting in the goal. So rather than just focusing purely on aesthetics and the dropping scale weight or the dropping measurements each week, maybe giving them like even more focus on like strength in the gym, how many portions of fruit and veggie fit into your diet now, because you can have a lot more fruit again because your calories are higher. You can you can have your have your off-plan meal at the weekend in a little bit more of a an any an, an easier place and, and and not feel the same level of like shame or fatigue or, or, or whatever is associated with that. So there's lots of other ways to progress alongside that when you're coming out and you're getting into that lifestyle maintenance phase that you're talking about, Luke, that is, is so important and that so many people just completely miss off, uh, yeah. including including coaches. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think um, just to summarise that whole spending the calories, it's like spending the money. You know, if you've got more money, you can kind of make wilder decisions and it's not going to have any or as much repercussions as somebody who's got less money so the more money you've got the sort of more extravagant you, extravagant you can be calories are exactly the same aren't they yeah, yeah so agree. cool right so let's talk a little bit now about your training and what yeah. sort of thing you're doing for your in prep for your photo shoot if you like because I know a lot of people are going to be curious about what sort of exercises, what sort of days you're doing, you know, yeah. the magic that's getting you into um, into the shape that you're in and going to be in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so my programme year-round is pretty similar. I'll either run a variation of push-pull-legs, rest-repeat, or push-pull-legs, push-pull-legs, rest, or I'll run uh, uh, an upper and a war day and then push-pull legs. So I'll either train six days with push-pull legs repeat, or I will train five days with push-pull legs upper lower. The For those that don't know, uh, a push session is chest, shoulders, and triceps, so your pushing muscles, and a pull session is your back and your biceps, so your pulling muscles. They, the, the sessions look very much the same, whether I'm trying to gain weight, trying to lose weight, trying to maintain weight, it's all about focusing on two or three heavier compound movements within each session. And then from there, some isolation work to, to work on the smaller muscle groups within that or, or maybe different angles on those muscles. So, for example, on a, on a pull day from my back, we'll have maybe a, a rack pull or a, a, heavy, a heavy bent over row. And then you'll have a, a single arm dumbbell row. Uh, and then you'll have some pulling down movements, so either pull-ups or a lat pull-down or a chin-up, and then some other form of row variation that will maybe hit your back from another angle, maybe like a, a T-bar or a chest-supported one where you're using your upper back, and then finish off with, with biceps, um, uh, some sort of curl, maybe a supinated one or a hammer one, whatever, whatever works best. And most of my sessions are probably an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I do a bit of a warm-up at the start. I don't always count that, which just tends to be some sort of mobility. If I'm doing lower body, I'll do some 
lower back and, and hip uh, mobility. If it's upper body, I'll do stuff with my rotator cuff and my shoulders and, and opening myself up maybe with a resistance band, that, that kind of stuff really. So my training isn't, it hasn't changed at all with regards to preparing for the shoot. I'm still doing the same stuff. I'm still trying to get stronger on each movement. I'm trying to get more reps. I'm trying to get more sets. I'm trying to get more weight on the bar or the dumbbell. And I'm trying to still execute with the best possible form and and deal with my uh, and deal with movement in a, in a way that's efficient for the muscles that I'm using. So using a, a good range of motion for those. It's funny because I think there's sometimes the assumption that you would uh, you would increase that, get the rep count up, and light, lighten the weight. And I think that's a common misconception. The the process which you use to add your muscle, so training progressively and getting heavier and stronger is the same way to hold on to the muscle when you're trying to get lean and lean and in good shape. You, you need you need to do the exact same stuff. If not, training even harder is you're you're not you've not got as much energy to put towards that. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think the whole notion is that all the dogma out there is that you do higher reps and lighter weight if you want to lose weight, but you do yeah. heavier weight and fewer reps if you want to gain muscle. Um you know, that's not always the case, is it? I like to incorporate both in one session. So, yep. you know, it's pretty much what you do, isn't it? Towards the back end of your session, you do your, your lighter weight and your higher rep. You focus on that strength, getting stronger for the beginning of your session. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will try and get strong across every single movement. So one of the reasons that a lot of people talk, um, in terms of my physique, my arms are probably a strength. Um, my biceps and my triceps, because... I'm very, very strong at hammer curls and twist curls. I'm very strong at tricep pushdown and an overhead tricep extension because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to do heavy weight for high reps. I'm yeah. trying to do, I'm trying to do the, the, the combination I wanted in the 12 to 15 rep range. I want people to think, how on earth is he moving that weight for, for his, for his body weight? That's, that's heavy. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that, I think that's a good way to add like that level of musculature across your physique being really strong across all your movements so I know a lot of people really prioritize like maybe a, a deadlift or a squat at the start of their session and some of the stuff towards the end is like quite fluffy and maybe like pumpy and squeezy don't get me wrong that's really important to stimulate those muscles and generate that stress but get strong with those movements too and it, your body will show it you will really notice it and yeah. I think there's lots of people on Instagram that that preach that as well you just have to be following the right ones to yeah. to, to, to see them doing it because you'll have others that are saying oh don't worry about the tricep push down just you just you focus on your bench press and you're like well if i want a good pair of triceps to fill out my t-shirt when i'm when i'm when i'm when i'm, when I'm going out i, I want to be i, I want to be doing well on my tricep push downs otherwise i'm gonna have a nice big chest for my bench press but i'm gonna have like no arms yeah 100 percent get that you know I think it's a guy thing as well, isn't it? Train arms. But again, I think it depends on the individual. You know, an obese individual will probably get away with not training arms. But somebody yeah. who's just looking to revamp their body comp, so make yeah. slight alterations, add a little bit of muscle, decrease a bit of fat, and sort of yeah. look, get that athletic look, then arms might be relevant. If you love training arms, then again, arms are going to be relevant. You know, it's down to the individual, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. I think depending on where you're at in your journey, if you're an obese individual and you've got a limited amount of time in the gym, stick to the the heavy compound stuff. Get your full 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 body movements and full body um, sessions rather than focusing on small details, which that will come once you drop yeah. some of the weight and you're able to move a bit more and you're able to see a bit more of the areas that you want to add some muscle into. So maybe you can throw in your throwing your bicep curls and at the end of one of those sessions or once you've started to, to tip the main boxes like hitting your squats and your deadlifts and your, your heavy rows and your heavy presses that's the that's the bread and butter of your session and um, yeah don't get me wrong my, my arms are a strength in my, in my physique but obviously I'm very focused on looking after those other areas because ultimately that's going to burn more calories in your session and it's going to look better in your physique if you've got muscle everywhere or, or yeah. wherever you wherever you want it 100 percent. right cool so what in terms of cardio are you doing 
Now, I don't do any formal cardio. Um, by that, I mean I don't have any hit. I don't have a half an hour three times a week on the Stairmaster or on the treadmill or on the rower. I purely have a step target, which is done when I'm maybe walking to the train station, walking before work, walking at lunch at work, walking after the gym, just fitted in generally. For example, on, on the weekends, I'll, I'll play 18 holes of golf and that'll be 10,000 steps. My daily target at the moment on this diet is around 12,000. I'm averaging a little bit more than that. And you would not believe the difference it makes to how many calories you require by actually moving. We live really sedentary lives where we're sat down. Maybe if you're an office worker like like myself, I'm, I have a mix between office and, and client meetings. If you are an office worker, then you're maybe sat at your desk for seven, eight hours of your day. You need to make a conscious effort to get out and move. So I'll, I'll get the earlier training in the morning so that I'm in the office for for 10 past eight, I'll pop my bag in, I'll pop my food in the fridge and I'll go out for a 20, 30 minute walk before I go back and get logged on and start dealing with my emails. And that, say, 30 minute walk, I'm doing two and a half, three, three and a half thousand steps, which is adding to my target and my total. At lunch, I'll either have my food at, at 12 o'clock, I'll go and heat up, my, heat up my meal or eat whatever I've got and then I'll go out for a walk for the rest of the lunch break. Yeah. Or... Or I'll go out and walk straight away at 12 if I'm not hungry and I'll come back and I'll have my lunch when I come back. And it's about making my body move more because I could sit there all day and burn no calories. Not that burning calories is the beyond the end all, but it is an important way to look at it in terms of I'm active, I'm an active human being and just from my step count being high, I found I find that my, my calories are high. If for whatever reason and I know my situation probably dictates that I, I probably won't need to. If I dropped my calories to, say, 3,000, and that meant my hunger levels went off the charts, which it might do because calories are relative to everyone, although I do still find 3,000 is, is a good amount of food to eat, um, I would say that I would maybe add in cardio in order to justify me not going any more because that's, that's pretty much why you would do it. If you can increase your expenditure in your energy whether that's through cardio or another weight session or an extra walk at night that adds up too because yeah. some of these people that are going on the treadmill or hanging on to the stairmaster with their hands hands above their head holding on for dear life they're probably not build, burning that many more calories than i am going for going for a 40 minute brisk walk yeah so yeah i'm, I'm a big big advocate of increasing your increasing your kind of non-formal movement so not your official gym sessions, not your official cardio sessions. Just move, be human, yeah. go out, do bits, get get moving. It can it can be informal as that. It means I can I can maybe phone a friend or or my girlfriend. Or I can phone my my family or whatever when I'm when I'm out of walk and I can catch up with them when, when through my headphones while I'm out of walk and I'm just ticking that box as well as as anything else. Um, but. Yeah, no, no, no formal cardio at the moment. A lot of people would be surprised that I'm prepping for a photo shoot with no formal cardio. But again, my, I would say I've got a really, a good amount of training behind me in terms of years and muscle. That's meant that my calories are are still very high. I'm not pushing myself to get stage lean for this photo shoot. I don't think I'll get a benefit from doing that because I, I still want to. I still want to be bigger, and I don't think I need to be that lean for this particular shoot but yeah no cardio at the moment i know that'll be a surprise to a lot of people but if if i need to in the next three weeks i will i'll introduce it but at the moment i'm in a fortunate enough position where i don't need to however i've got a step count of at least twelve thousand to hit and i make sure i hit that every day i never miss that and i and, and the last few weeks i've been exceeding that just by nature of being an active guy yeah awesome i'm like you you know i'd much rather go out for a walk i live in the countryside I do not want to be stuck on a treadmill or on a stairmaster or a cross trainer. I'd much rather go outside, down the country lanes, through the fields. Not only am I being active, but then, you know, it's fresh air as well. And it's just so it's much good better. It's good for your mind as well. You get so yeah. much focus. On. I know on the treadmill, you can probably get the same thing, or some people will. But a lot of the time, it can be maybe you've, you've caught up with all this stuff on Instagram you want to see, and it turns into a bit mindless. Yeah. And whereas I feel that I'm out listening to a podcast or chatting to a friend on the phone and it's 
it's great. I, I feel fantastic after it. I feel ready to go and ready to work. And yeah. it just sets me, sets me up really nicely, especially when I do it in the morning before, before yeah. work. And then at lunchtime, it's that break away from the desk to then go back and be like, right, I'm back. My energy level is up again. I'm feeling yeah. fresh and ready to go. Don't get me wrong, there's some days when in sunny Glasgow you've got your you put your umbrella out and you, you huddle under it. But I'll I'll still go with my steps on. I I I don't miss. Like it's just it, that's my mindset and my approach. People will think that's extreme, but I'd rather get a little bit wet, get some get some get some water in my shoes if if the worst comes to the worst. Yeah. Then then not then not move towards my, my step total. I'm I'm quite I guess anal but also focused in that respect. Yeah. Cool. How do you track your steps? What do you use? So I have an imperfect way of tracking my steps through my iPhone. However, I only use that form of measurement. I think the problem comes when people use maybe their Fitbit one day, their iPhone the next day, their Apple Watch one day, their iPhone the next day. That's when you get inaccuracy. So I'm just, I'm imperfectly tracking them the same way every day. So at least I know that if it says 8,000 one day and 10,000 the next, I've done more steps in the 10,000 day because I've used the same piece of technology to track it. I know, it, I think it probably it underestimates compared to something you would wear on your wrist because obviously your wrist is always with you. Whereas my phone, sometimes it maybe it'll sit in my suit jacket if I, if I go to the bathroom in, in the office so I don't count those steps, but I don't mind as long as I'm, as long as I'm consistent in terms yeah. of using that. Um, I, uh, I I wear I wear a I wear a watch for work, but it's not a it's not an Apple Watch or a smart watch or anything like that. So I don't track my steps through that. What is it you use, Luke? Um, I don't track steps. I've stopped. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know my days are pretty much the same every day. So yeah, I've done it for probably two years, and then one day I lost my tempo. I was using a Fitbit, um, a charge too, but I lost my tempo with it because. I was under my steps and then I was walking with um, my daughter and I was pushing her in the pram. It just wasn't yeah. moving. It wasn't moving. It wasn't moving. And in the end, I was just like, what is the point of this? So yeah. I've worn it since because I thought, how many steps? I'm going to run myself into the ground because I've done so many steps and I'm just not moving. Also, if I was to then do this motion, which is uh, for the sake of audio, I was moving my wrist. It would give me steps. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. So, like, you know what, sort this, it's just, no. I'm completely on board with that. I think the I think the reason that that's clearly fine for yourself is because you've actually earned the right to not track them now. Yeah. Because you've developed the habit of going for that 40-minute walk that you go through the countryside that is the equivalent of however many thousand steps that you might need. And then you're active throughout the day with your job when you're coaching clients. For your average person who knows that they're fairly inactive in terms of sitting at the desk maybe they don't go out in the lunch break maybe they spend it on the computer maybe they work through their lunch break because i know a lot of people that do that um they sometimes choose to do that i, I certainly wouldn't be me i'd try to i'd try and get work done in the, in the time that i've got and if that if i don't then <laughs> then, I, then, then 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 i'll just have to do it tomorrow and i'll have to do it yeah. and i'll have to be more efficient the next day Love that. for those people that aren't tracking their steps at the moment I would track them for a period of time to then earn the right to not track them. Once yeah. you've developed the habits to go for your daily walk, maybe your twice daily walk, then you can move away from that. Luke has done that for, what, two years you had that Fitbit in your wrist? You knew yeah. roughly how much activity you needed to do to justify whatever step count you were going for. That means that now you're like, you know what? I don't need to wear that Fitbit anymore. As long as I'm doing my walk, I'm accountable to me. And I'm doing the activity. You you will know if you have a lazy day and you don't move from your couch, or you don't, or you only go to work and you know mm, I didn't do that much walking today. Yeah, I didn't move about very much. I was a I was a sedentary human. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like classic example is I'd always try and get a walk on a Tuesday uh, yeah. and a Friday with my daughter because I know I'm not going to be doing much in terms. Cause I'm, they're like my days at home, if you like, in the house. So I'll always yeah. try and get a walk done first thing, and then on a Saturday and a Sunday. Same again, because I know I'm going to be watching the footy pretty much all day. Yeah. I do anyway. So I know that I've got to get that walk in. And in my head, I've, well, not in my head, but in my car, I've driven routes around where I live to make sure that I know where a two-mile walk is. 
a three-mile walk is and where certain checkpoints are so that if I know that I'm not going to be active, I need to do a certain route. Or if I'm going to be fairly active, I need to do a different route. So I know if I need to do the two-mile route or the three-mile route or the three-and-a-half or whatever, and I know then that's going to be contributing towards. So having those little routes in mind is also awesome. Great. I think, yeah, that's you've developed a sustainable habit there where you know what needs done. And if you don't do it, you're only accountable to yourself. And exactly. if you do do it, you know you've ticked that box. Happy yeah. days. 100%. Right, cool. Um, still mad, though, that you're not doing cardio, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> right, we'll delve into a bit of your nutrition then. So I know you're a big advocate of my fitness pal. Um, so I know you track your food on my fitness pal. Um, what sort of structures for the day do you sort of have? I think this is going to be really good because there's so many office workers out there and I know you're a great example of being an office worker and being on point with your food. So just talk a little bit about your structure of your day and what sort of foods you have yeah, and when. Yeah. yeah, so one of the most requested things on my Instagram from my followers is that I do a full day meeting. I've done a couple in the last couple of years, literally only one or two. Sorry, only two. And the reaction to it is always quite funny because people just they maybe don't have the same nutritional protocols in place that I take for granted and, and you probably will do too much. So hopefully this is helpful for anyone listening. I guess the 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 kind of I've kind of two I've got probably three different days that I'll have. So one day will be a day where I train before work fasted. A day will be another day will be where it's a rest day and I'm not going to the gym. And then the third day will be and after work at 5.30 or whatever, I'm, I'm leaving work at 5 and going to do So pretty much, regardless of what's happening, depending on what my goal is, let's take at the moment, for example, I will have some form of breakfast about quarter to nine, nine o'clock when I'm sorting through my emails at work. Once I've got back from that walk that I go on, I'll be sat down at my desk and I will have a protein and fat-based breakfast. In an ideal world, if if there was the facilities, I would have some sort of eggs, probably. However, in uh, an office environment, I am always able to cook my eggs. So what I have is a protein shake with a greens powder. So I get like I have my my my, my chocolate whey shake from my protein and a greens powder, which gets my uh, kind of vegetable count started for the day, I suppose, in terms of health. Shockingly enough, I actually have some dark chocolate as well. I have a couple of squares of dark chocolate, heavy fat source. It effectively, it's replacing the fats I'd be getting from the eggs. It's not quite the same because there is some sugar, and I know some people have some concerns about that. But as part of a daily structure, it's absolutely fine. I will also have some fruit at that point as well, just because fruit is low calorie but high volume. And I know it will probably keep me going until lunchtime. I've had something in my stomach. I've had protein. I've had some fats. And although I'm getting some carbs from the fruit, it's not a concern because it's it's negligible. I have an apple and a kiwi normally, which yeah. is like together like 90 calories. It's it's it, it literally nothing. But there's quite a lot of eating to it. You eat your whole kiwi, or if you if you're afraid of that, you can peel the skin off. But I'm a I'm, I'm a team skin on guy. You eat the and skin? Then, yeah. Straight, straight down, straight down the hatch. Like no problems at all. Fair play. And then an apple as well. And there's quite a lot of beef eating to an apple. You eat all the way around it, eat it. It doesn't. T- it, it takes a little bit of time. It slows you down. You start to realise that I'm not as hungry as I was. You're starting to realise. You get the signals to your brain saying, "I'm, I'm having a meal here," which is so important before I start work. Yeah. So that's me starting to work towards my protein target. I've got some good health in from the greens powder and the fruit. And I've got some fats in to, to start that off as well uh, yeah. from the from the dark chocolate and and I, and I fucking like dark chocolate so yeah. I've had something that, I've had something I like to eat already so yeah. great winner. Do you eat the middle of the apple then if you eat the skin of the kiwi? No, no, no. <laughs> see, see, I'm, I'm I'm mad look, but I'm not a psychopath. All oh, right, okay. Do you eat banana skins? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think kiwi is the only exception. I don't know why. I think I saw a Jeff Nippard video that said it was healthy, and oh, I really, yeah, I'd never oh, had, <laughs> I'd never had a kiwi before, like since yeah. childhood. Like we're talking like ten years or whatever. I hadn't had one, so I didn't even remember what they taste like. So he was like, the skin's quite healthy, and I was like, fuck, I'll have a kiwi. I'll eat the skin. Yeah, yeah. Ate it, 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 yeah. and it tasted fine. It tasted fine. So yeah. here, here I am, 
I'll I'll give it a go then. This is some sort of sick joke, and I do it, and then you're going to be like, no, I was only joking. No, I promise. I promise. You have to eat kiwi skin. (laughs) It causes quite a lot of controversy on my story, uh, and in the office as well. Yeah. Lady next next to me was horrified. Generally, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, like, listen, Lisa, I run this game. No. (laughs) So, Lisa, Jack Nippard does it. (laughs) That's it. Up until then, up until lunchtime, I'll ha- I'll uh, I'll just have some water, not no no more food. I'll just I'll just make sure I'm hydrated and, and keep and, and keeping plenty of water on board because at the end of the day, a lot of the time when people think they're hungry, they're typically dehydrated. Yeah. So I'll I'll get I'll get some water on board for lunch. I will have a a, pro- a protein based meal, very heavy protein based meal. I typically have turkey sausages. Um, I have. One because they taste great. If I if I if if I didn't have turkey sausage in, I'd maybe have like chicken, something like that, and with some sort of seasoning, or some sort of maybe like paprika or something like that. Yeah. And I will have a vegetable with that. It's either green beans or it's carrots, pretty much. And I prepare five of those on a Sunday, so I have them every day at lunch, Monday through to Friday when I'm at work. And that would be different for everyone, but I would highly recommend you find something at lunchtime that is like meets your goals in terms of the protein is quite filling in terms of the vegetables with it and yeah. just find something that you like don't yeah. if you really don't like chicken and broccoli stop having it find something else there's other options you could have chicken sausages you maybe get a bit more calories but maybe you really like them yeah. maybe have bacon medallions because yeah. maybe you really like them but if, if there's food that you like it scares you about your diet so like you hate the salad that you have get rid of it find an alternative find something that's in a similar calorie bracket similar nutritional profile with protein and stick to it alongside that my lunch i can i tend to have a bit of a dessert i tend to have a protein bar look and you know i'm passionate about my protein bars the the one that i'm i'm quite into at the moment is either the six layer birthday cake one from my protein it's like really thick and white chocolate with like sprinkles on it really good or I'll have the the dark chocolate carb crusher from my protein as well. Sea salt, also, yeah. quite good. Sea salt, yeah. Really I'm not good, tried yeah. it, but I'm meaning to keep meaning to. It's it's um it's pretty good. And again, like I say, I, I like dark chocolate. If you don't like dark chocolate, they've got like a fudge brownie one, which is yeah pretty good. I I wasn't as big a fan, but I know a lot of people like it. Um, I'm so into I have a protein bar in my lunch. I'm into the dark chocolate grenade ones at the minute. Yeah, the, the green bar that I like the most is the white chocolate cookie. I've not had that one. Um, very good. Or alternatively, the cookie dough from uh, Grenade is excellent too. Yeah, not that one. Um, I've, yeah. I'd recommend those two. And most protein bars are about the same calories. You don't need to worry if there's a bit of sugar in it. You get yeah. 20 grams of protein. You get about 200 calories. Don't sweat the small stuff. I yeah. just am happy with that. On if. If my hunger was higher, I would probably have more sausages or more chicken, and I would take out the protein bar because although they're tasty and they're getting you towards your protein target, you're getting some carbs and some fats that don't really fill you up just by nature of how they how they make the bars. So yeah. if hunger was really high, I would get towards that protein target with more protein sources rather than the protein bar. Yeah. Um, and then that's pretty much me. I'll, I'll go. I'll go walk after that for lunch and then if i'm training after work or even if i'm not training after work it's a rest day or whatever i will probably have particularly if it's a training day i'll have a carb heavy meal about three o'clock to start yeah. to load me up with carbs and get me ready for my session i typically have oats with some whey protein and a banana and because my calories are quite high i'll have a couple of bagels as well um so cinnamon and raisin bagels banana, oats and whey. For those that are on lower calories, oats and whey with some form of fruit, either like a frozen berry or a banana, will be a very, very good pre-workout meal that will tide you over until you go to the gym after work. Yeah. If you are eating at your lunch and then you're not eating again until your session at 5.30, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. You are not going to perform adequately. You need to have some form of carbohydrate, unless you're on a ketosis diet, which if you are, good luck to you, then... <laughs> Just 
get some sort of carbohydrates with your protein in before you before you go to the gym. So I, that's about three o'clock for me. A heavy carb meal with a little bit of protein, some fruit, some some uh, some bagels, and that that does me really well all the way through to my workout. When I leave the office at five, I won't have any more food, but I will have a white monster or uh, or some sort of pre workout um, drink that will have a lot of caffeine in it. Caffeine's an appetite suppressant, so not that I'm particularly hungry after all those oats and bagels, but it, it, you will not be hungry during your session because you've got more caffeine in your system. Thereafter, um, depending where I'm training and what my schedule's like, I'll either have some saurine, which I know you're a big fan of as well, so it's like a malt loaf for anyone listening, and that's very high carb, very low fat, but also a little bit of protein as well. It's 20 grams. also very... Yeah, it's also very, very high in calories. So if you're very conscious about losing weight, you've got a, a strict goal, a big loaf of saurine is not going to be the best way to do it. Maybe a portion of saurine will be a good way to do it and a protein shake or um, some saurine and some rice cakes, something like that will be a good snack after the gym. But otherwise, I'm having a loaf of saurine on the train home or the, or, or the car home. If, if, I'm, uh, if I'm training more locally and I'm able to get home straight away, I'll go home and I'll have some cereal with a little bit of milk. So some, some supermarket brand Coke Pops and Council Pops, as I call them. <laughs> and and uh, I'll have that with some milk before I, uh, I, I cook up my, my main dinner, which will be uh, a, lean, a, a, a lean meat of choice. So either uh, turkey mince or beef mince or chicken or maybe diced steak or diced beef with Rice is my carbs, and then another portion of veg, so carrots or green beans again, because those are the kind of things that I cook up on a bulk on a Sunday on a Sunday night yeah. before I start work. And that's me pretty much done for the day. Maybe about half past seven, eight o'clock at night, I'll be I'll be finished my meals, and that's quite a heavy meal. So that tends to fill me up all the way through to the morning. Again, um, that looks pretty similar whether it's a training day or rest day. If it's a rest day and I've decided to not have as many carbohydrates. I'll maybe swap some of the bagels and the, the saurine and the cereal out for maybe more dark chocolate or maybe more fruit, just so my calories are lower or my fat intake's a little bit higher. And that that's typically what a day of eating looks like for me during the week. And that's how I feel my training uh, around, around my sessions. If I train before work, pretty much the only thing that changes is I move the oats meal to... The first thing I have when I get in the office, so I'm getting some carbs and protein into me after I train, and I'll have the shake and the fruit and the dark chocolate as my three o'clock meal before I before I head home for the before I finish off at five o'clock. So yeah, that's my that's my structure, that's my robotic intake that I tend to stick to, and it works really well for me. It's what yeah. it's what I enjoy. There's no foods in there that I dread. There's only foods in there that I like to eat, and that is hugely important for for me. Look. Yeah, I mean, there's a funny thing about nutrition. A lot of the people that have, let's say, a decent physique, obviously that's a subjective term, but are quite yeah. lean, have a athletic sort of look about them. They tend yeah. to be quite robotic about the nutrition. They tend to eat similar foods. They tend to have structure. They tend to plan. And success leaves clues. And to me, the clues are that you're to plan, you're to be structured, and that you're to eat foods that you enjoy, but tend to not vary too far off plan. And then you yeah. sort of achieve your goals. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the way I see it. I mean, I'm similar to you. I tend to eat the same foods throughout the week at the same sort of times and, yeah. you know, quite robotic about it. I use my fitness pal, so there is some bit of change in there. There is a bit of um, flexibility, if you like, but yeah. the core of it, the spine of it is, you know, very similar. Going back to the protein bar as well. Oh, sorry, go on. Make your comment first, sorry. No, I was just saying that I completely agree. Having similar meals you have at similar times will make life so much easier for you. But if, for example, you've got lunch and you do breakfast, lunch, and your snack the same every day, plug your dinner into my fitness pal and see what different dinners you can have. Yeah. Change that up every day yeah. if you want to, if that's easier. But yeah, what were you saying about the protein bar? Yeah. Um, the protein bar, you know, it's something that I advocate to clients sometimes, you know, if they are an office worker, they want that hit of chocolate in the afternoon, but maybe their protein's lacking. So I will suggest a protein bar because it's kind of killing that chocolate craving, that sweet craving, and it's giving them a source of protein. So I've got somebody that has one probably every day. 
Um, yeah. And she's been known to take it to parties on the weekend, you know, if she's going to like parties or tea parties or whatever. Um, she's not a child. <laughs> like, I don't know what, what they call it. It's like out with friends and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I've done that before. I mean, I've, t- I've taken a protein yeah. bar to the pub or wherever and yeah. <laughs> the cinema. All these places, I'll have a protein bar with me because if it fits within my goals, I'd rather have that than have a Twix. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure it Twix tastes good and stuff like that, and it's it's nice, but for similar calories, I can get more protein, fill me up more, and work me more towards my goal. And some of the protein bars taste brilliant. There's yeah. so many out there now. Pick pick one or two that you really like. I'm not telling you to eat one that tastes like cardboard. Go and find yeah. one that you like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes the Twix is relevant, but, you know, eight times out of ten, the protein bar is probably the smarter choice if your goals are more, you know, physique-based. Absolutely. Uh, flicking back as well, what sausages, turkey sausages, do you use the heck ones? Uh, my turkey sausages are just the Asda brand. Oh, are they? Um, they're they're pretty good. I've had them for four or five years, and I've just found them, and I like them. Yeah. I don't think they're the most cost-effective. You can get a pack of eight for £2.37, but sometimes they do two packs of eight, so 16 for £4, yeah. which, depending on how many you're eating, is, is okay and it is a bit sexier and a bit more enjoyable than, than having chicken every day don't get yeah. me wrong I think, I think if you can find the right seasoning for your chicken you can have that more often but I've always found the turkey sauce just to be a really really good option yeah it's more of a selfish ask that one because obviously I've got quite a few intolerances sausages are something I shouldn't really have so turkey sausages might be something I can try so cure yeah it might it might be worth trying I guess lots of supermarkets do them I know Morrison's and Sainsbury's do a version of them yeah. Um, so maybe different ones might have slightly different ingredients that might work with your with your gut. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, right, mate. We're sort of approaching the end of the podcast, so um, all we've got next is like a little quick fire round. Yeah. Sure. So it's just about four or five questions. Um, let's keep it as short as possible. Just quick fire. Uh, kick off with favorite body part to train. Back back nice favorite exercise either a a lap pull down or a hammer bicep curl uh most impactful book you've read how to win friends and influence people dale carnegie that's been huge for me um not so quick fire but i'm also reading 12 rules for life by jordan peterson and yeah. it's been incredible. I'm four chapters in. Couldn't recommend it more than oh, yeah. that. What's your biggest takeaway from How to Win Friends and Influence People? Biggest takeaway? Um, one thing that I've incorporated is using people's names when yeah. when, when you're meeting people and, and engaging with them. I think that builds a lot of rapport. And alongside that is to actually listen to what somebody's saying before thinking about what you need to say. And that's one of the things that I was probably guilty of doing in the past, particularly in some of my meetings at, at work um, with, with clients or, or new prospects I was trying to, trying, to, trying to work with. And I'm getting better at it. And even though sometimes I still feel myself not interrupting, but ready to go, I'm, yeah. still, considering, I'm still considering what they said and I take it on board really, really well. And I'm, I'm quite observant. Yeah, yeah that's all. I was talking about that book today with um, a guy that I coach. And like it's a similar sort of thing, you know. It's instead of waiting to speak, actually listen. And you know that, that's awesome. I think my biggest takeaway from the book as well is smile, like proper big smile, not just one of those, you know, lips closed sort of side smiles, an actual full-on big teeth, big cheesy grin in your face sort of smile. I think that's so impactful. <laughs> Sorry, mate, you're breaking up a bit there. Oh, sorry, look. Um, yeah, I, was, I was just saying that a smile is quite infectious, isn't it? It makes you yeah. feel great about yourself, but it also impacts those around you because they're like, oh, he's a, he's a positive person. And that's, yeah. that's huge, isn't it? 100%, yeah. Um, except this one. Current favourite podcast? <laughs> um, I listen to, I've listened to so many fitness ones over the years, so I like to get fitness, but I like to get a mixture. Current favourite one is probably one called Modern Wisdom. Okay. A guy called Chris Williamson. He interviews a wide range of people. He does some fitness interviews. He does some 
kind of casual chats with his mates um, yeah. about like maybe like life hacks and what they're up to in their lives because they, they lead quite successful lives, which is great. But he also interviews like quite a lot of high level thinkers and decision makers as well, which is which which is great. So I'm trying to listen to that. Uh, he puts it, I think he puts it two a week, so he's he's very very consistent with his content. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, what do you know and apply now? that you wish you knew and applied when you first started? So let's say when you first started training for um, aesthetic to change the way you look rather than uh, training for performance, because I know you've done your SNC with your rugby. Yeah, uh, calories. Um, So understanding calorie balance is so important. I spun my wheels for so long, either eating really clean or eating clean and having a specific cheat meal or having like a certain shake after the gym within a set period of time. Although that built some good habits and some good like adherence traits in terms of like being quite strict, it definitely limited me in terms of like my understanding of how to manipulate my body composition. Yeah. So I would say understanding calories and energy balance is, is just it's just bigger than you can possibly imagine. And yeah, I would have loved to have known that at the start. I think I'd be even further along on my journey if I did. Yeah, 100%. Cool. And then final one, mate. Best advice you've ever received? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. I would say maybe not direct advice, but one of my favourite quotes is discipline is the bridge between your goals and accomplishments or achievements. And that's from a, a gentleman called Jim Rohn, who's quite a famous high-level thinker. And yeah. that definitely speaks to me in terms of being disciplined and adherent in what you're doing now will lead to the achievements and the goals that you've, you're striving towards right now or in the future. So I, I would say that's been very impactful for me, but also it's advice that I would be delighted to have yeah cool smash it mate um it's been an absolute pleasure having you on i've really really enjoyed that look that's been that's that's been a good chat and hopefully it's something that a lot of people can can take from that as well 100 have you got any i tell you what have you got any i know you have plug your socials um and then tell people about the vast majority of discount codes they can get off it yeah so if if you've enjoyed hearing my dulcet tones today my instagram is c.cambro or you can search colin campbell fitness on instagram or on facebook and you'll find my page on there i work closely with a couple of brands that i've always enjoyed and as my page is growing to around thirteen thousand followers now i have hooked up with a few more few more brands so one of those is my protein which is great both for supplements and for clothing and I do have a discount code on my page uh, which gets you 35% off so if you're interested you can visit that in my bio. I also work with a company called Hustle which is uh, to do with gym passes so I had a lot of travel in my previous job so wherever I went I was able to get into gyms using their website Um, so if I went somewhere that maybe didn't have a pure gym and I didn't have a code for it then I could type in the postcode in my hotel and I'd find a couple of gyms local and you can buy a day pass where sometimes some gyms won't let you buy a day pass over reception or they'll charge you a fortune for it. Hustle buy them in bulk so it's cheaper. So that's in my bio as well. And uh, yeah, that's been that's been my kind of two main affiliate partners for a long time now. And I think it's important as my page is growing to only promote brands that I actually believe in yeah. and have actually so, bought products from myself. Yeah. So I was buying my protein when I was playing rugby at 2009. So yeah. it's a brand I've been buying for 10 years, which is important for me then to say to people, guys, I'm promoting this product for my protein. I think this is valuable. It's sincere, and that's really important because otherwise people won't take you seriously and rightfully so. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully you guys pop across and, and drop me a follow. And uh, this, I'll make sure I put the link for um, this podcast on, on my page as well to get people yeah. to listen to it too. Awesome, mate. Um, just to add a bit of weight behind that, you know, I too use my protein, so... Um, you know, I, I back that as well. And I also am a member of Hustle, the gym site. So I think I do it differently to what you've done though, Colin. Um, 
what I do is I pay a monthly fee to be a member of the of yeah. Hustle. So I get to use like 1,000 gyms around the UK. Um, yeah. And I find that so helpful because there's about five gyms around Chester I can use. There's about five gyms around my um, where I live where I can use. I work and live about 45 minutes apart from each other. Uh, I yeah. live in North Wales, but I train in Chester. So I've got loads of gyms I can use. And I think using different gyms helps so much with your training massively oh, atmosphere and environment yeah. plays a huge role so changing up occasionally from obviously if you're working in a gym for say you've yeah. got six clients back to back and you're like you know what i wouldn't mind not training here today i'd maybe ought to go train down the road at, at that gym that's got that bit of equipment you like so your hustle's great in that regard and i know you're a big high protein fan as well because um yeah there's, yeah he's got he's got the tea on today guys if you can't see this but yeah, absolutely big, 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 big fan of that. And I think, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was promoting shit. And I've been sent stuff over the years that I've not promoted because it's not been up to the, up to the required standards. So yeah, more than happy to fill in those brands. And yeah, thanks for your, thanks for your support on those. Look. No worries, mate. So, um, guys, make sure you go and give them a follow. It's well worth it. You'll give out tons of advice, and I'm sure you'll take away things as well. Um. Colin, thank you again for being on. Cheers, Luke. Absolute pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, awesome. Remember, guys, make being progressive a habit.